Welcome to Unshaken. I'm your host, Julie Van Warmer, and I'm so glad that you're here with us today. The Unshaken podcast purpose is to glorify God through regularly recorded podcast episodes that are specifically aimed towards women. We want to promote the truth of God's Word as all-sufficient, and we support the belief statements of the Women of the Word Ministry of Christ the Word Church. Hey, take a minute and head over to your favorite podcast directory, like Apple Podcast. Google Podcast, CastBox, Podbean. I could go on and on and on. Well, hey, we're even on Spotify. Subscribe to our podcast. It helps us out greatly. You can even leave a review. It also helps you out because you get notifications of new episodes that drop each and every Thursday, every single Thursday in 2022. You also can go back to our archives and listen to any of our episodes that you've missed, or you can even re-listen to one that you want to. Uh, This podcast is under the umbrella of the Women of the Word Ministry of Christ the Word Church, as I mentioned earlier. All of our social media falls under this title, Women of the Word CTW. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram. You can head over to these accounts and follow them. These pages cover all the ministries that are under this umbrella, and I think they're fabulous ministries. So this includes our mom-to-mom ministry that is uh, aimed specifically for mothers. It's a wonderful place to get good content when you're in the throes of motherhood. We also have our conference that's held each March called Regarding Him. And we also have highlighted many of those talks on the podcast. But if you're in the area, you can sign up and come. And we have our Planted blog, which comes out each Tuesday. And it is also full of great encouragement for all women on all kinds of topics that are important to women. Hey, I'm glad you're joining us for this episode this week. Uh, We're actually releasing two episodes Usually release one, but we're giving you an extra special one. We are releasing two because these topics on today's episode and the other episode that's releasing today really go really hand in hand. They have some great similarities, but enough differences that I felt like these two needed to be done separately. So in episode 90.1, we talked about all the challenges, struggles, some shame, hurt, and even some joys that come with infertility. We talked about adoption a little bit too, but one thing we didn't discuss in specific was the topic of miscarriage and stillbirth. Uh, These things have have similarities, but they're not the exact same experiences. So um, we learned a ton from our previous episode with Katie Walker. It was so good. And honestly, I learned a lot about this challenge. I I didn't even know. Um, So today we're actually going to revisit some of these ideas and struggles with two of our friends of the podcast. So I want to welcome Bronwyn Rusko and Andrea Van Engen. It's so good to have you both on. I've had you on before, so I'm happy to have you on again. And just so everyone knows, this is episode 90.2, and it's called Coping with Miscarriage and Stillbirth. So I'm glad you're here. Thanks for having us, Thank you. All right, so um, since you've both been on here before um, on the podcast, and I'm glad you're here, and I also know that you both are listeners of the podcast, so I'm glad for that. (laughs) Um, What's your favorite episode so far? Well, I really liked the one where Rebecca Coupler shared her story about the birth of her son, Robin. It's a really sweet story and incredibly encouraging in how we can trust God to be faithful. That's awesome. That's called Some Favorites, and it was released on October 20th of 2020. I don't know if you remember, but that was like when we were in our new life after (laughs) having the lockdown. Mm -hmm. And I think we all needed to hear some good verses. And I love her story, too. It's great. Uh, How about you, Bronwyn? Do you have a favorite one? Well, the one that sticks out um, is probably the one on hospitality with Sharon Arndt. Oh, yes. I took so much away from it. The the challenges of having big groups over versus small groups versus how to start conversations. There was just so much takeaway from it. That's a great one. I learned a lot, too. It's one benefit 
of doing the podcast is I learn so much as we go through it because I'm hearing everybody and talking. Okay, so now we're ready to jump into our topic. Um, tell me a little bit of why I actually asked you on because how your struggle, tell me a little bit of why I asked you on here. How does your story relate to this difficult struggle? Andrea, why don't you start? Okay, well, thank you, Julie. Um, I was asked to be a part of this episode because I have experienced the death of a baby. My first baby died in my womb at 24 weeks gestation. And that's because she had a rare disorder called Turner syndrome. Um, an issue first presented itself at my first ultrasound, which I actually had earlier than normal, but I don't even remember why. But in hindsight, I see that was God's kindness in allowing us to know what was going on so soon. Um, it gave us time to process all of it and to have more time preparing for what might happen. Hmm. And from the very start, um, God had his hand on us. My doctor was a Christian, and so she immediately prayed with us upon oh. hearing the news. And that in was a blessing. Yeah, oh, yeah, right there in God. the ultrasound room. Um, so she explained what we could expect if she was accurate in what she thought might be going on. And... We held out hope that things would work themselves out and that we would have a good pregnancy and a healthy baby, but with each ultrasound, our hopes for that diminished. Hmm. There were visible signs of her condition um, growing more pronounced and worsening, and we eventually reached a point where my doctor said that it was time to make funeral arrangements. Oh, wow. Yeah, that was a hard appointment. Um, it was within a matter of a few days after that that I realized... I hadn't felt much movement during the day. And so the next day we went in and confirmed her death through an ultrasound. Wow. Wow. I just have to pause. Bronwyn, how about you? Okay, so wow, that was um, pretty um, sorrowful. Yes. Very, very difficult days. Yes, it was, it was very hard. It was um, our first pregnancy, so oh. not really sure what a normal one would even look like. Yeah, but at that point. So, yeah, like... Pretty much the whole pregnancy was abnormal. <laughs> yeah, I love that you brought out that you saw God's kindness even in the timing. Yeah. I think that's important to remember. Bronwyn, why would I have asked you on here today? So um, the reason that I'm here is because I've had multiple miscarriages. Um, so I, we had a, a little girl, and a year when she after she turned one, we found out that we were pregnant again. And two weeks later, um, I miscarried, and then... Two, um, two months later, so that was in August, um, beginning of August, and then October, we found out we were pregnant, well, I was pregnant again, and then a few weeks later, I miscarried again. Mm. And then um, in January, that was happened again, and mm. then it happened um, a fourth time that March. So in a, in a very short span of time, I'd had many miscarriages wow. um, the losses were very early on I think the the one that um, was the the longest was probably um, the baby died was uh, at 10 to 12 weeks and then oh. I ended up having a DNC for that one. Oh, those are so hard yeah and did you uh, that's a short time so over less than a year you yeah. dealt with this yeah wow. yeah it's, it felt like a long time though yeah yeah, yeah. That's interesting when you give the times, but in reality, it probably felt like years. Yeah, I, even though it was um, it was quick, it just seemed like there was a lot of waiting during that yeah. time. Yeah, that's interesting. Well, we're going to talk more, I'm sure, about both of your stories, and I really, really value and appreciate your time today because I know these are really kind of heavy topics. 
They're not easy to talk about. And I know that we have women. I actually, for this episode and the other episode on infertility, I actually had women writing into me and talking with me saying, I want to talk about these. Mm -hmm. I want to hear. So thank you for coming in and talking because I know these are personal stories. And the cool thing is I know you both. And so I know your journeys that you've gone through, but I'm really excited to hear your answers to some of our listeners' questions and some of my own questions. So, Bronwyn, after you had your miscarriages, um, you know, like maybe after you had your first one or your second and you got pregnant again, how did you prepare yourself thinking, were you excited about heading in, thinking this is going to be it, or were you more fearful? Um, I think that I was apprehensive. Um, it was incredibly difficult going into these ultrasounds and it wasn't just the ultrasounds. It was, um, after a few miscarriages, my doctor would order the blood work. And so I would get the HCG, um, test. And so waiting for the results for those. And, um, so basically by the end of it, I would know that I was miscarrying before I'd even had the ultrasound. Yeah. And so, um, even as soon as I got a a positive pregnancy test there was just this apprehension of what what's gonna happen um, but I remember my my second um, pregnancy so I'd had the first miscarriage and then the second one my doctor wanted me to go in for an ultrasound early because just to see if everything was okay and um, the technician she came in she was all excited and um, she did the ultrasound and she said, oh, you're at six weeks. That's exciting. And my heart just sank because I knew that I was supposed to be at eight weeks. Uh-huh. And when I told her, she, I think she apologized so much because she had forgotten to check her notes and uh-huh. she forgot to see that I was um, supposed to be at eight weeks. And so um, it just it kind of started off rough. <laughs> yes. um, but but um, during that time, you know, especially the waiting in the waiting room and um, getting up in the morning and praying and being in the Word, um, there was, there was this. I just knowing that the Holy Spirit was interceding for me because I didn't often have the words to say other than Lord, just help me, um, and strengthen me and help me remember that You are good and that You are mm. the giver of um, life and that You give and You take away. But blessed be Your name. Mm. Um, I felt very pressed. It's, it's a hard thing to explain. Very pressed, but I never felt crushed and mm-hmm. it just pressed me into him um, and I was constantly reminded um, of his truth and his comfort um, and so that that helped me a lot and praying with my husband helped me a lot mm. just to um, ease the fear yeah well that has got to be so difficult um, so if you experience these miscarriages how did you grieve through this because you really had a loss you had really a death yeah yeah, and, and it was a little hard because some of the pregnancies did end early, like yeah. six weeks. And so even the doctor would say, oh, this this is just a chemical pregnancy or this is not, you know, there was nothing there. And um, I've even had some Christian women who, when they were telling me their stories, were like, oh, they didn't mourn over it. And, and you know, I think each person um, deals with it very differently but I just knew that um, life begins at conception. And so these were babies and Mm -hmm. um, God had given them to me for a little while. And I grieved, I Mm. did grieve, I cried and I cried a lot. And Mm. especially when I just found out that I had miscarried, um, Mm. I would cry until I couldn't cry anymore. And then, um, but thankfully 
almost I think almost all of them my husband had been home um, for whatever reason he had been home and so we were able to grieve together and comfort each other and pray and encourage each other in the Lord um, but I never felt guilty for grieving because this is um, this was a life yeah. and there was a privilege in carrying that life even just for a little bit and emotions I, we've talked about this before on the podcast emotions are not bad and right. God gives us emotions yeah he, he's actually the author of our emotions it's just how we deal with them and grief is a part of that like sadness right. is a part of what God has given to us to deal with difficulty so that's good to remember it's also good to remember that we don't have to just say I'm fine we can we yeah can, we can grieve mm-hmm. Andrea your situation was much different though because you actually um, had grown the child grew in you much much further so what happened did you have a did you have a ceremony because it wasn't the same. It's a little different than a miscarriage. Right. Is, the, is, it, is it different? Maybe that's my question. Well, parts are and parts aren't, I think. Um, my baby was 24 weeks along, so um, I ended up delivering her like a normal delivery yeah. in the hospital I was induced, um, even though you know I already knew that she had died. Um, were you in a, this is another second question, but yeah. were you in a separate area yeah. of the hospital? Okay. Yeah, they do have um, an area in the hospital called special, special ops or, I don't know, special okay. ops. Special, <laughs> special delivery, yeah. I don't know, something. Special ops is something totally different. <laughs> so, I'm watching too many military movies. <laughs> okay. But a special place, because that, yeah. be, that would be so hard. Yes, for sure, because, yeah, um, yeah I remember it being quieter, like, looking back, comparing to my other deliveries. Um, but they took good care of me there. Um, but because of my baby's age, legally we had to bury her, oh. which we would have done anyway. Um, we named her Arabella Grace, and the name Arabella means beautiful. And it truly was beautiful grace that the Lord poured over us in this time. We ended up having a small ceremony in your home, Julie, yeah. so you knew the answer to that question, um, which was special. We asked our small group to be there along with some family and our pastor. And it was cool. Even a couple of our close friends drove or flew in for for this ceremony. Mm-hmm. Um, another local friend offered to host a meal for everyone afterwards, which was a really sweet time. Yes. Um, now, you asked if the grieving process is different from a miscarriage. And I do think that it is. In some ways, as I've had friends experience miscarriages, I think... My grieving process in some ways is easier because there is some closure Mm. um, in a way that doesn't happen with a miscarriage. I was able to hold my baby and see her face and her hands and her feet. Mm. And the act of burial provides some closure. Um, And so I think that's different than a miscarriage where you never really hold um, the baby. Um, as I said, we named we named her, and we visit her grave sometimes. Mm. And my five kids that I have now know her name and sometimes talk about her, even just randomly. <laughs> they'll yeah. just talk about her, um, even to people at the grocery store. Oh, we have six kids. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I think there is a great deal of healing wrapped up in all of that. Yeah, that's interesting. Last week on the episode, I talked with, uh, or a couple weeks ago, actually. With Julie Morgan and we mm-hmm. talked about her journey and if you haven't listened to that podcast episode you might want to head back to that one but she also uh, had the same experience where although she didn't 
she had a child who died of cancer, so it was a different timing. But she talked about part of the healing process was she still was her child. Yeah. And so she references how many children she has. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's great. I think that helps kids yeah. Like, yeah. Un- process it and understand it. So that's a great, that's really cool to hear. And you can actually hear a little bit more about Andrea's story if you want to head to the episode called Purposing to Love Others. Um, she really has some good, helpful concepts for how to love women who are going through challenges, lots of different kinds of challenges. That's back in our archives. Okay, now I have a really big question, actually a really big question that I I know is going to be hard. Um, where does your baby go for eternity, and, and how do you know that? Yeah, I think this is a great question that um, probably everyone who loses a baby thinks about. Um, my answer to this is not terribly theological. Um, I think it seems appropriate to say that all babies go to heaven, but when it's your baby, you do kind of want some proof texts behind that, sure. not just, you know, not just that phrase. Um, I do know that all human life has an eternal soul, and so every baby who dies, no matter how old, has an eternal soul. And I think that whenever we have a question that isn't specifically answered in Scripture, we need to use that truth. Um, we need to use what truth we do find in Scripture mm-hmm. and what we know about the character of God. Mm-hmm. We know He loves children. We know He's merciful and just, and we know He is good. And while I can't point to a certain passage that talks about the eternal destiny of babies who die, I can point to Scripture that tells me how God loves His children and will provide for them. So it does mean no good to fret about whether my baby might be in heaven or in hell. I take comfort in knowing God's character, which points me to believe that he does good to his children and that my baby is an extension of that. Yeah, that's a great answer. Very, very hard answer. And I love that you told us it's not terribly theological, but actually it's full of (laughs) theology, which is just truth. And that was good to hear that God is good and he cares about us yeah. and he cares about you. How did you fight anxiety at the thought of getting pregnant again and maybe having the same exact thing happen again? You know, like, what did you do? Because that's that causes fear in my heart. How did you deal with it? Um, so I think I touched on it a little bit. And for me, there was just a lot of waiting. And um, so finding out I'm pregnant and then the blood work mm-hmm. and then the ultrasounds and um there was just um, a, there was a great temptation to be anxious, um, and I did feel anxious some of it, and it was something I had to fight constantly. Um, and I appreciate you saying that because it's really easy to think, oh, it's so easy to go through this. You just trust God. Yeah. But it's we, we will fight sometimes, mm-hmm. right? right? And that's I appreciate you sharing that part of it. Yeah, and I'm not an anxious person, but. Um, just this has given me a compassion for those yes. who do struggle with anxiety because I, I just felt the intensity of it and how it was just a constant battle to take my thoughts captive and to be in the word and to be praying and to, um, and to speak to people about my fears as well mm. um, because I would often get people praying with me and um, giving godly advice when I would tell them about my struggle. Um, yeah, so I had to constantly remind myself um, that God is good, and and I had to do things to to um, like listen to music loudly yeah. in my house, just worship music, and mm. 
think about the words that were being spoken and um, like physically open my hands and say, um, Lord, you give and you take away, but blessed mm. be your name. Um, just saying it out loud, um, just put more validity to it as mm -hmm. I was saying it. Um, breathing deeply <laughs> and praying a lot. It was just in, um, being in the Psalms were huge and um, also praying through the valley of vision, knowing mm. that others had gone before me who had struggled mm. with hard things too was very helpful. That's good. Andrea, how about you? How did you deal with the anxiety or did you have anxiety? Well, um, <clears throat> I think at first there was a little bit of that, but since my baby's condition was rare and not hereditary in nature, I didn't really have much fear that it would happen again. Mm. Um, however, <laughs> I do remember having conflicting thoughts that went something like, surely God wouldn't allow this to happen again, mm. to God certainly could allow this to happen again, right. and what do I think about that if he did? Mm. So I learned to commit to the truth that God is good no matter what, mm. and Romans 8 promises that God works good in all things for those who love him. So that was a comfort in the times that my mind might go there. Mm. Uh, that's interesting. Both of you talked about this is not an easy process to fight anxiety or to mm -hmm. practice mm -hmm. putting your trust in God. And I think that's really important to recognize that it's it's not going to be like a, I often say, a light switch. Like mm -hmm. you flick it and everything's, oh, we're all good now. It's going to be a process probably in any time we're going through a struggle. But in your cases, it sounds like what you just told me. It was, it was a battle, mm -hmm. you know, to get through this. Well, I do remember after, um, after I delivered and after the burial and everything was said and done, I had this like pain in my, in my stomach. And I do remember thinking, oh, mm. like it's a tumor. Like, oh. because I think it was something, when you're in the midst yep. of like getting over something really hard and really bad, yep. <laughs> then you think, well, now anything can happen. Right. Type of thing. And so, right. I just thought of that right now. Like, yeah. We did have to fight, fight yeah. that a little bit. Yeah, but. I mean, and in any time we have something in front of us like this that's a big, it, it, it's a, it is a battle. Mm -hmm. And we have to put our, we do have to put our trust in God, but mm -hmm. it's going to be work, I mm -hmm. guess is what yeah. I'm thinking, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Okay, so um, last week in our small group, uh, we sang a pretty popular Christian song, and I could sing it for you, but I will not. <laughs> but my kids were singing it on the way to school today as we were going, and um, or humming it. And I was like, oh, you're humming that song. So we were singing it. And it's called Blessed Be the Name. Mm -hmm. And um, the chorus says, I think it's a chorus, but it says, he gives and takes away. Mm. Which comes from, I think, the book of Job. Job. Mm. And so how do you trust God when he has given you something? And then he has taken it away. How do you bless his name? Mm -hmm. Well, I think it's important that we understand God's character. Is God good? Does he love me? Is God in control of all things? When I see God as who he says he is, I can trust him no matter what he brings into my life. Mm. Um, even when it's hard and painful. In my loss, I knew God was there. I could bless his name because I knew he would not leave me or forsake me. But if I didn't understand his character or know his word and his promises mm -hmm. given there, that would have been difficult to hold on to. Mm. That sounds like some of what you said 
makes me think of studying the attributes of God. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm paying more attention to them because I'm in a class right now where I'm learning about the attributes of God. And I'm finding them showing up all over. And I think mm-hmm. what a great thing to do is to remember, you know, God is good. Mm-hmm. God is just. Mm-hmm. God is immutable. I remember having to look that word up, which means unchangeable, by the way. <laughs> and God is faithful to us. Yeah. Like, I think that is what you just said. Is Those are the attributes. Knowing God's character mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. so important. Really, really encouraged. I find myself being encouraged by that. Um, how do you speak about your pain with others? <laughs> when you know it's kind of an uncomfortable topic. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, I love you both and we're friends, so I can talk with you, but it's hard to talk with someone about this. So how do you do that? How do you deal with, talk with others when it's kind of uncomfortable? And there's pain, I should say. Yeah. No, I think choosing a group of friends to confide in and pray with is incredibly helpful. You don't have to talk to every person that you come across about this. Okay, so it doesn't have to be a Facebook post. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it's not helpful to you and it's not helpful no, to anyone else. No. So um, God has provided the body of Christ to walk alongside us in suffering. And um, the book of Proverbs says that if we isolate or we walk alone, we are foolish. And so don't hide, um, don't isolate. That said, there are women who do feel uncomfortable with, with this topic for very different reasons. And I would never want to make someone uncomfortable um, for the sake of me feeling good about talking about it. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, consider others ahead of yourself. And um, I did get a lot of questions um, about the miscarriages. And um, I tried to answer them as honestly as I could because I I truly believe God had me go through it for a reason. And Mm -hmm. I thought my honesty would help others. so, but I also had a lot of questions of my own, and so I sought out godly counsel, and not just simply people I could vent to, but people I knew right. who would speak truth into my questions. Okay, so you were you were wise in who you talked to. Well, yeah. willing, I was wise. Yeah, <laughs> I'm so wise. You can cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to say. Yes, I was wise. Yeah. I don't know how to agree with you, but uh-huh. yeah, I was trying. I'm yeah, just trying to seek out God the counsel. Yeah, I think that's important. So, <laughs> yeah, I agree with Bronwyn in that it's good to have a few close friends to talk to about it. Um, friends who you know will let you talk about what you're thinking and feeling, but who will also always point you back to Christ mm-hmm. and to truth, because sometimes our emotions can lead our thoughts, and we need friends who are willing to gently lead us back even when they understand that we are hurting and we do have real emotions. So and ones you, that will listen, yeah. but then also gently point you back to Christ. And, um, okay, that's, that's really helpful um, in thinking about how to deal with talking about it because I love what you said, one of you said, I think it was you, Bronwyn, don't isolate. Mm-hmm. Because anytime we're going through a trial, oftentimes we just like want to get all by ourselves mm-hmm. and not talk about it. And I, I, I love you talked about not to do that, mm-hmm. because I think it's really easy to do that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, okay, let's talk about prayer, because it's really easy to think, well, I'm going to pray that God will provide this, and I'm going to pray that my baby survives. I'm going to pray that I stay pregnant. But how do you pray when it seems God continually says no? How do you rejoice in that suffering or and persevere in prayer? All right, so recently I, I've been listening to um, a pastor who was um, close to death and not at the time of speaking this, but he was recalling when he was and 
um, he had come from Zambia and made it to the hospital within an hour. Mm-hmm. And um, wow, yeah. And so when he would tell this, people would say, "Oh, that's the providence of God." And, okay. And um, which is true. That is the providence of God that he got to the hospital in time. But the providence of God would have been true if he had died. Yeah. And um, and mm-hmm. so recognizing that the providence of God is not just when things go well, but when mm-hmm. things um, are bad and when, well, when we think they are bad and when they're suffering. And so um, I try to remember, remember that the goal of life is God himself. And I know that sounds odd because we can get caught up in thinking that the goal of life is my children or my husband or my church or my hobbies or my sure. home. Yeah. Um, the things of here and now, but the truth is that the goal of life is to bring glory to God in where He has us. And if we are homemakers, we are to give Him glory there. If we have children, give Him glory there. If we are single, give Him glory there. If He gives me four miscarriages, I need to give Him glory mm-hmm. there. Um, Um, so it comes down to trusting God with what He has given us and what He has withheld and um, and know that in it all, He is so good. Mm. So absolutely, I prayed really, really, really hard that God would give me more children. Mm. Um, that was the desire of my heart and I wanted to take that to my good father. Mm. Um, but I did pray even harder that he would be glorified in my suffering and that um, I would not dishonor him in my thinking and speaking. And I knew in my flesh, left to my flesh, I would. So my earnest prayer was that the Spirit would strengthen me to walk in a manner worthy mm. of His calling. Mm-hmm. And I'll speak about um, rejoicing and suffering. And I think the fact that you're asking us how to rejoice in suffering implies that it's possible. Mm. And we learn in God's Word that not only is it possible, but God has a plan through it. Romans 5, 3 to 5 says, We rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, whom he has given us. So we can rejoice in our suffering because we know God will use it and he loves us. Romans 8 tells us that nothing can separate us from his love. Mm-hmm. That's great. Romans Romans 8 is a great it's whole a good entire one. passage. Uh, this summer I memorized James 1, mm-hmm. which also talks about that. Yeah. Consider it all joy, my brother, yeah. when you face trials of various kinds, for you know the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect so that you may be complete and perfect, lacking in nothing. There you and go. I'm stopping there. I literally did that from memory. But it is such a powerful verse mm-hmm. about joy. And about rejoicing and knowing that suffering is from God. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so one thing we haven't really talked a lot about is we talked a little bit about having people to talk to, right? Having a few friends to talk to, people that you trust. But um, sometimes people don't make good comments. <laughs> um, so, how did you deal with people's well wishes or their sympathetic comments? Sometimes they're, we know they're trying to be helpful. Sometimes they are, but sometimes they're actually not, or they could be painful. Mm-hmm. How did you deal with that? Well, <laughs> life is messy and hard, and 
Um, God has given us this amazing gift, which is the church, and the church is not yet perfect. Um, and I'm so grateful for the church. Um, mm -hmm. And there were times when people did say things that um, in the moment did seem hurtful or um, not really well thought out and seemed a little cold. Um, but I constantly had to remind myself that, that I was just so blessed that they were even trying to comfort me. Mm. And I know what it feels like to try to comfort someone and have no idea what to say yeah. and um, what I don't even know what is going to be helpful to this person. And so just to remember that I'm not perfect and I mess up, um, but I'm constantly growing as well. And so to have compassion for people who are trying, um, be quick to forgive and not to grow in bitterness. I just love that. Be quick to forgive mm -hmm. and not grow in bitterness, right? That's such a good lesson for anyone who's listening <laughs> who has been hurt by anyone because mm -hmm. although this is specifically tied to your particular situations, we've probably all been hurt by somebody's words. That's yeah. so good, Bronwyn. Yeah. I just want to say that again. Forgive quickly and not grow in bitterness. <laughs> I need to hear that too. Yeah, How about you, Andrea? Sure. Well, like Bronwyn said, God has given us a gift in the local church. Um, for me, the loss of my baby was kind of the first major trial I had ever experienced. And I remember feeling so loved by my church family. I'm sure there were things said that were awkward, but what sticks in my mind is the love and mm -hmm. support I was given. I didn't mind people asking about it because looking back, I can see that it helped in my grieving process. Um, so even if a few things were said in an untactful way, I would rather have that than receive no comments at all. Right. And, and not think that people cared. Yeah. What a good point. Mm -hmm. yeah. I know that, um, I don't know if you remember this, Andrea, but I remember asking you some very specific questions a little while after, because I had, I was curious, how did this all go down in the hospital? I mean, mm -hmm. I just asked you, were you off by yourself a little <laughs> bit ago? Mm -hmm. Sometimes I just think it's helpful. Yeah. And it, it's just something people are curious about. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't intended to hurt you, but you were so gracious to talk and answer my questions. <sighs> I mean, it was just came up in natural conversation. It wasn't like I was like, you know, calling you at this point, but it wasn't like right in the thick of it. It right. was a while later. Yeah. Perhaps when some of the, the pain had maybe healed a little bit. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's good to remember too when you're wanting to ask questions. There could be some timing yeah. in it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> okay. What do you think? So you both have been blessed. Tell me a little bit about your kids. Do you both have children now? Yes, my oldest is 10, and it's kind of neat that when she was conceived, that happened before the original due date of my ah. first baby, Arabella. So I like to say that if Arabella would have been carried to full term, which was a prayer of mine at the beginning, um, Adele wouldn't be here. Yeah. So, mm. um, but yeah, so she's 10 down to two and a half. Okay. So God has blessed you yes. in this regard. And Bronwyn, do you have children? So I have three. So Myla's um, our oldest. And then um, two years and nine months later, we had <laughs> <laughs> Levi. And 15 months later, we had Judah. Okay. So he's six months old right now. Almost seven months. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So um, you both have experienced the end of carrying babies to full term. Mm -hmm. So what if you're the one who's pregnant and... You, or you're holding your baby um, and you are around someone who you know is struggling through either wanting to be pregnant or maybe struggling with miscarriage. Hmm. I know I personally had this happen to me. I had a really good friend of mine coming over and my husband and I just found out that week we were pregnant with our third child and we had both 
been trying to have children. Like we were going to try. Well, I mean, my friend was having wanting to have children, and I was. She had one child, and um, she was she had been trying for maybe four years, mm. and um, I maybe tried for two months. And so I knew this was going to be a hard conversation. And yet, she was my good friend. And she would always be the one I would tell something to. Mm-hmm. I mean, I told my family, she would be my next person. It was a really hard day because I didn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. So what would you tell someone in my situation? How would you tell them or what do you do? Yeah, that is so hard. Um, but the Bible does say that we are to rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. And um, when you are in pain, like your friend, um, it's really hard to have joy um, with other people who are rejoicing, especially with it's, when it's something that you it has caused you pain. Mm-hmm. Um, but let the Lord deal with them in that. Um, the Lord will. And um, But on the flip side of that, they may not be able to rejoice 100% the way you would like mm-hmm. them to rejoice. But the flip side is that we are to mourn with them because they are mourning. Mm-hmm. And... Um, so the one who is pregnant should mourn with the one who isn't. Recognize their pain and don't get irritated when they don't respond the way you would like them to. Mm. And I'm sure your friend would have been more hurt if she had heard through the grapevine that you mm-hmm. were expecting and that you had kept it a secret from her. Mm-hmm. Um, don't gloat over mm-hmm. your pregnancy. I'm just thinking of um, Rachel and Leah and how they, you know, Rachel struggled to have um, children and Leah... Um, had all these kids that boy after boy right. after boy and then eventually Rachel could have children but um, just that bitterness between the two yes um, it, it wasn't godly and they could have had an, an amazing friendship as sisters but they mm-hmm. didn't they forfeit forfeited they forfeited that <laughs> yeah um, they forfeit they gave it up um, because they were too competitive and weren't thinking and putting the other ahead of themselves. So um, there will be other people in your life who can meet your expectation Mm -hmm. for delight. It could be your family and other friends who just get really excited for you. And just recognize that at this time, this friend is is going through a hard time. And don't end that friendship. Don't grow bitter in that friendship. Um, You be the light in that friend's life. Mm, That's really really good wise advice because I think it's really a hard tricky thing to go through so my friend came over that day and um, I just told her I just sat down on the couch with her and I told her I was cautious I told her I was really hesitant to tell her because I didn't want to hurt her Um, but because I loved her I also wanted to tell her because she was my good friend and you know what she actually responded wonderfully to me Um, she was a little teary and I think there was kind of some pain, something kind of cut a little bit inside of her heart. But then, you know, we just, our relationship didn't change. She was so happy to have the exciting news and she was encouraged and she was encouraged to me and we continued to pray and six months later she was pregnant. Mm-hmm. But now that doesn't always happen, obviously, yeah. but I think communication was huge. And that's kind of what you talked about, Bronwyn, is just communicating and having care and caution with what you're doing that's Mm -hmm. good so what what can a woman do who hasn't experienced this but her friend or maybe it's just a woman in bible study um has how can how can i help what should we say 
I, mean, I think this is hard because a lot of times we think we need to have all the answers and we need to have all the Bible verses memorized on suffering and um, and that that is not true and I think a lot of friends who came alongside in my suffering were really just good listeners mm -hmm. and prayed with me and comforted me and someone even said because um, I was struggling with whether I was um, was fighting the battle well that mm. I was seeking the Lord well and she's she said I think you're doing a great job seeking mm. the Lord and that just put air under my wings and I felt mm. so encouraged it wasn't anything profound but just that little bit of an encouragement mm. um, did wonders for my joy um, so I don't think you have to say a lot just be there offer help um, you know offer to look after their kids while they just spend time mourning with their husband and um, practical things can help mm. too but you really don't have to have all the answers just a listening ear makes a big difference that's true in a lot of relationships on a side note but yeah <laughs> or any trial mm -hmm. that's that's good um, okay so let's flip let's flip it a little bit um, can a woman who has 10 kids and um, hasn't experienced this kind of loss speak to this I mean I often think women, sometimes they think the only person that can talk to them and give them advice is someone who's had the exact same mm -hmm. situation. Right. So what do you think? Well, I think that in whatever trial we face, um, we will be tempted to think that we are the only one who knows what it is to go through our particular trial. But it's important to remember that everyone goes through trials and God's word does not change based mm -hmm. on the type of trial that he's brought into your life. Mm -hmm. So his truth is applicable if it comes from a woman who has experienced your type of loss or not. So to the woman who is hurting because she's lost her baby, I would say don't reject biblical encouragement if it comes from someone you think doesn't understand. Just because she hasn't experienced your trial doesn't mean you can't accept her encouragement to have joy or to trust God in all things. And to the woman who hasn't experienced this kind of loss, don't shy away from speaking God's truth to a hurting woman. You can be an encouragement even if you haven't gone through the same thing. Sometimes our words get in the way, but God's word never returns void. That's interesting because um, thinking about what you just said reminds me that we've all gone through some kind of trial. Mm -hmm. And so although our trials may look different, We've all dealt with trials, mm -hmm. you know, so that's really good to remember that, you know, God's, God's word doesn't return void and that's where we find our source of encouragement mm -hmm. and that's what we should be talking about. Right. So what are some good passages that women, a woman could meditate on in this situation? And I'm guessing there are many, so you might just be able to give me a few of your favorites. <laughs> um, well, I already mentioned Romans 8, so I'll, um, another one of my favorites, um, particularly I was given during this time, was is Psalm 27, 13, and 14. And it says, I would have despaired unless I had believed. I would see mm -hmm. the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Yes, wait for the Lord. Hmm. I love that passage. <laughs> yeah, it applies to any situation. Yeah. Um, and then Psalm 34, 17 and 19 says, The righteous cry out and the Lord hears. He delivers them from all their troubles. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted. He saves the contrite in spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him from them all. Mm. 
That's great. I, I love both of those verses. And I, I know you mentioned that you'd already mentioned Romans 8, 20, 28, but what does that one say? <laughs> and we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. I love that, that verse. Mm-hmm. It's a, a favorite one of mine. Bronwyn, how about you? Do you have any specific verses? Um, so I know I've said this one uh, before in this podcast, but Job 1, 21 and 22 say, Then Job arose and tore his robe and shaved his head and fell on the ground and worshipped. Um, apart from shaving your head, I probably, <laughs> <laughs> I probably felt that way um, mm. during that time. And he, um, so, And he said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked shall I return. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all this, Job did not sin or charge God with wrong. Mm-hmm. That's a powerful passage, really, because yeah. there's a lot in there. Mm-hmm. There's the fact that he had emotion, right. he dealt with grief, and the fact that he flipped his grief and praised God anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it didn't say that it got rid of the grief. It didn't say that everything was easy. Yeah. Um, and if you've never read the book of Job, this would be a good thing to read because <laughs> right. it's, it's good. Yeah. Um, okay, so the Bible obviously is our very best resource when we're in sorrow or grief. But did you ever find any other resources, anything that you think would help someone? Yeah, I, um, there were a couple of books that really encouraged me. The one is called From Grief to Glory by James Bruce. And the other one is called I Will Carry You by Angie Smith. The From Grief to Glory talks about um, a lot of men throughout history, like throughout church oh. history, who have lost children. Mm. Oh, wow. And mm. then um, the other one, I Will Carry You, um, was by a woman. Her story was a sim- sort of similar to mine, actually. So that really helped me kind of process the idea that I'm not the only one to experience mm. significant loss. And to see how someone dealt with grief in a godly way is always helpful. And I found particularly with these books that sometimes others' words say exactly what we are feeling but can't express. Yeah. So it helps us yeah, just I, process all of that. I also I love to read biographies in general. Right. So I think I learn a lot from Christian biographies all throughout time. Yeah. So I might have to get that book too just because I love to read that. Mm-hmm. And you do learn. You yeah. learn a lot from other people's lives. Yeah. Uh, Bronwyn, do you have any? Um, I didn't do a ton of reading during that time, um, but I think I'd done a lot of reading beforehand that okay. helped prepare for this time. Um, so I wrote, I read, I wrote. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't um, ask for the books you wrote, <laughs> just what you read. <laughs> just a little plug for my books. Um, so I read The Hidden Price of Greatness by Ray Besson and Ronaldo um, Hansaka. And it's just one I highly recommend. It was recommended to us by one of the elders at our church. And um, it just goes through the trials of many people who have gone before us mm-hmm. and um, how they were faithful through it. Mm-hmm. But um, I would say that whatever you do, fill your mind with, fill it with truth. So whether it is a podcast or a book or um, music, whatever it is, try um, fill it with truth because it, and I found this was a temptation for me was to escape Mm -hmm. into something, entertainment or reading, you know, something else that's not really godly or, um, you know, maybe like 
hiking books or cookbooks right. and things like that, which are there's absolutely nothing wrong with those, but they were more of an escape for me. So I would say that um, press into the, the suffering, mm. um, go to the Lord in those suffering and learn about God's goodness as you persevere through it. Don't, don't try and um, waste the time away until the suffering's over and then learn about God's goodness. Mm. Those are really good suggestions. We'll, we'll make sure to put those in our show notes because somebody's probably driving and they, they, they want to look them up. So, um, Thanks you so much for coming in and talking about this trial. Um, I really appreciate your honesty. I appreciate you sharing with us your stories. I appreciate all the wisdom that you both have shared um, just to point women and myself to Christ. I think that's really powerful today. Would one of you be willing to pray for us? I can. <laughs> um, Father, thank you for, um, thank you for trials. Lord, thank you that um, your hand is on us in trials and nothing takes you uh, by surprise. Lord, you, you are um, the author of life. You, you give and you take away. Lord, I pray that we would trust you more, that our faith would grow through these trials, that we would, mm. um, we would know you and your word more. Lord, thank you for Julie and the work that she puts into this. And thank you for Andrea for um, how you have been glorified through her and, and even in this trial and myself too, Lord. And I pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, listeners, if you are actually in this situation, if you are struggling with miscarriage or a stillbirth or infertility, hey, I would love to um, talk with you. So I would love you to reach out to me at Unshaken, Psalm 622 at gmail.com. That's also in our show notes. I would love to talk with you and I'd love to pray with you. And um, I'm sure that I could, um, if you are willing, I'm sure I could share your name with Bronwyn and Andrea and they would pray for you too. Am I right? Absolutely. Oh yeah. Because uh, we um, we know as we talk today that sometimes um, maybe it's hard to talk about it. So if you want to start here with me, I'd love to share share with you in that. All right, remember when everything around you is shaken, you can stand unshaken because of our rock and our fortress because of God. Until next time.